Hey guys, it's John. I thought I should explain real quick what it is you're about to listen to. So I'm really flattered. I was recently asked to be a guest on a radio program called Suburban Underground. This is on a radio station called Bedford 105 in New Hampshire, and it's typically hosted by Drew and Steven. And the format is that they play an hour of sort of obscure, under-the-radar, haven't-been-heard-from-for-a-long-time alternative rock. Just really great stuff. I love this program a lot. They tasked us with picking one song from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s that we think should have been a hit. And so that's what we did here. If Steven's name sounds familiar, it's because he... He's the one who requested that I have Richard Bush from the A's on the program back in episode 69. By the way, no one got that. That was a joke, by the way, on purpose, and nobody nobody got that. Anyway, so uh, that's what we did, and I wanted to be sure that I shared this with you guys for two reasons. Number one, first of all, they were kind enough to allow me to come on and sort of plug the hustle. I wanted to do the same for them. I've been subscribing to... Suburban Underground for about a year now, and I love it. Obviously, I don't live in New Hampshire, so you can do it on iTunes or Podbean or whatever your podcatcher is. I use Overcast. Just go in there and search for Suburban Underground, and every week, usually Friday afternoons, you'll get a new hour of really great alternative rock that you'll probably like, and some of it you may not have heard before, some of it you may not have heard for a while. It's really good stuff. Secondly, I just wanted to play some great songs. You know, I'm all about that. Of course, I mean, this topic was like right in my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? And I purposely picked people who were not likely to be guests on The Hustle. I suppose maybe one or two of them might. One of them's dead, and another guy turned me down. And so uh, I wanted to shed light on great songs. That's what we do, right? So now, the thing I'm really curious about is I want to know who you guys think kind of wins this competition. It's not actually a formal competition, but I hope you guys will be communicative with me and tell me who of the three of us played the best songs. Of course, I think I did, but uh, I want to know what you guys think. So please communicate with me on this. I'd really love it. One last little bit of trivia. Steven's pick for the 90s is by a band called The Size. I'm actually interviewing the lead singer of The Size next week, and that episode will be coming out in September. So, interesting, right? Hopefully you like what you hear. Maybe if you like The Size, you'll come back and listen to that episode too. Anyway, thanks everybody. I hope you guys will check this out, and I hope you guys will check out Suburban Underground and subscribe. It's good stuff. I just think that's rock and roll. That's what it is. This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. You gotta give it all you got or forget it. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have a party. Please mind the gap between the train and the platform. They've done it again. I'm going underground. Get this. I'm Steve. And I'm Drew. We have a very special Suburban Underground show this week, and we are thrilled to have a guest, John Lamoureux. Hey, John. 
Hi, everybody. So listeners, John is the host of a music podcast called The Hustle, where he interviews famous musicians or, or, or almost or famous. almost famous musicians, members of famous bands. Like the last interview he did, which was really cool, was with the drummer of Squeeze. You know, John's just a nobody from Colorado. and <laughs> Well said. <laughs> uh, but, but, but the podcast is really good. And so we have him on this week for a special crossover podcast of The Hustle and Suburban Underground. Our theme this week is songs that we thought should be big hits, but never made it. So we've asked John to come on the show with us and pick one song from the 70s, one from the 80s, one from the 90s, and one from the 2000s and on that should have been a radio hit, but for some reason or other, it wasn't released or it just didn't catch on, uh, never made it. Songs that you ought to know, but you probably don't. So we're going to start this week with John's pick for the 1970s. And John, would you like to uh, introduce your song? For sure. So this is Rex Smith who some people may remember in the late 70s and the early 80s, he was this sort of really pretty heartthrob with long, feathery blonde hair. He co-hosted Solid Gold for a while. Yeah, He's still out there, but just before that, he was more of a rock star, and he had a self-named band called Rex, put out a really great album called Where Do We Go From Here? And this is, I think, one of the greatest power pop songs ever, called Burn Your Bridges from 1977. And I left her softly Moving on so slowly Never stopped to look behind me And I left her crying Feeling like she's dying
So that was Burn Your Bridges by Rex. That's the song that John thought would be a big hit in the 70s. Great power pop song. I, I kind of felt like that was a, an outtake from a queen practice section when they were all drunk at 2 a.m. And uh, it was left on the cutting room floor where it belonged. But uh, otherwise, it was pretty good. That's still better than 90% of the music that would be out there. That is yeah. true. I can't argue with that. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what does this sound like? Is it glam? Like, at least in my mind, I decided it sounds like the band New England. <laughs> which you, How about that? You interviewed a guy from New England a few yeah, weeks back. Yeah, I did. One bit of trivia about this song, Rex Smith's brother was the lead singer of Stars. Oh, you happen wow. to remember the band Stars? Yeah. Okay, managed by Bill Coin. Sounds very much like Cheap Trick and Kiss. Yep. It, I think that's probably what played into this song and this album being what it was. Yeah, and New England was also managed by O'Coin, right? Perfect. Yeah. Exactly. So there was a tie-in. I did figure that out yep. myself. Kind of. Nailed it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so my pick is next. I've got Mott the Hoople from their Mott album from 1973. Uh, I really like Mott the Hoople. I think they're a vastly underrated band that never got the attention they deserve. David Bowie agreed with me, so I don't want any gruff about that. <laughs> it's not your typical 70s hit, but to me it sounded like it would have been, it had the potential to be a hit in 1973. It's got a great blues sound. Um, I just like the, the early 70s sort of, let's piece together a bluesy, slightly glammy song, let's try to figure out what our band really is kind of sound to it. Really liked it a lot. All right, well, here's Wizkid by Mott the Hoople from their album Mott. From 
we just heard Wizkid from Mott the Hoople. I do like Mott the Hoople, but I don't like how Ian Hunter is always a little bit off-key. It's all attitude. Attitude doesn't care if people are on-key. Yeah, that's right. As long as it's good. Good point, good point. Just a little note, uh, bassist Pete Overend, he died earlier this year. And now it's time for my pick from the 1970s. And this is from a Philly band called The A's. The song is After Last Night. It's from their self-titled album from 1979. And John, you actually interviewed Richard Bush, the lead singer. I did, based on your recommendation. Whoa. I was not that familiar with them until you turned me on, and I loved them. <laughs> yeah, I love them too. Uh, it actually, was my neighbor, Alan Boo, turned me on to them. So these guys are like a power pop slash new wave band. The singer has a lot of charisma, and this song, After Last Night, I think is just a great, powerful pop song.
That was After Last Night from The A's. That was a good song. That, to, yeah. me, to me, that sounded like the song that comes up in the closing credits of a 70, 1978, 79 teen movie. <laughs> it has that sort of, almost like a Jackson Brown kind of uplifting feel, you know? Yeah. Really good. Not sure it would have been it. a hit, hit, like a big hit, but... Like a new wave hit, maybe. Yeah, but it, but it definitely has potential. Good hook. Yeah. Really strong song. And I have to say, I think it's a total shame that a band this good only managed two albums that a frontman as charismatic as Richard Bush is in obscurity. The guy deserves to be a star. Yep. Yeah, that's an injustice. <laughs> Absolutely. As Art Brute said, the record-buying public shouldn't be voting. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. All right, let's move on to the 1980s. And John, would you like to tell us your pick for the 80s? I would, and I have a feeling this is the one I'm going to take the most <laughs> crap about. This is by a band called Wax, who were a little bit of a super group. They were made up of 70s soft rock legends, Andrew Gold of Thank You for Being a Friend and Lonely Boy, and Graham Goldman, who was a member of 10CC. The way I view this is that here are two guys who have song craft down to a T, but their time has passed, and we're in the mid-80s, and they still have the talent to write great music, but people aren't paying that much attention. And so they are adapting their songcraft to current production technology, and this is what comes out. And this, to me, is an incredible song. It barely missed the top 40 in 1986.
That was Right Between the Eyes from Wax from their Magnetic Heaven album from 1986. I don't mind the song. I think it's pretty good, actually. The production is definitely dated. It's got this fake horn sound that I don't really like. Well, it shows up on a lot of things, but notably on Ultravox's Uvox album, which was uh, Mm. Mitch Ur's last album before leaving, which I really don't like. But the song itself is... It's got a great melody. It kind of sounds a little Mike and the Mechanics-ish to me. Mm. Yeah, to me, it, it, when you said it just missed the top 40, my thinking when I heard this song was, oh, it sounds like it's just just not quite a hit, but almost there. And there you go. Oh, okay. I, I can't tell if you're telling if these are compliments <laughs> or you're just being polite no, because I'm your guest. No, that's a serious... Yep. My, that's my honest criticism okay. of the song. Is like it, it's pretty good. It's got a neat melody. The production quality today sounds just horribly dated, but... Um, the very 80s, you know, at the time, it would have fit right in with a lot of stuff. Well, I disagree with almost everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now it's me picking a U2 song? What? How are you <clears throat> two doing? Did they ever manage to get out of the <laughs> uh, Yeah, they, they, they still managed to pull out a career after all these years. Good so, for them. So, like, when I was in 83, 84, 85, U2 was one of my loves, and... War was one of the albums that just really broke through to me and spoke to me as a teenager. And my favorite song on the album was Like a Song. And I could never understand why it wasn't released as a single. It To me, it was just, it, it electrified me every time I heard it.
I have to agree. Uh, War is my pick as U2's best album. And my favorite U2 song fluctuates between Surrender off of mm. War and its sort of homecoming off of Unforgettable Fire. I love that. So though. while I wouldn't call Like a Song Obscure for these purposes, there is no question that song kicks. And it is really, really good. It is a great song. And I, I think that whole album is great. So I really cannot disagree. The last song of this album is 40, which is one of my favorite yeah. U2 songs. I, I love mm-hmm. that song. And that was released as a single, but Like a Song Never Was. Just mystified me. Moving on, I picked a song from a band I just recently discovered. It's one of these bands that never really got any respect during their day. Maybe they influenced some other bands that made it much bigger than they did. The band is The Field Mice, kind of have a bit of a cult following these days. This song came out in 1988. This is Emma's House from The Field Mice.
Emma's house from the field mice. Your thoughts, guys? I like everything I've ever heard by the field mice. I think they're a very underrated, beautiful pop band. That shimmering, beautiful, liquidy guitar that kind of reminds you of the Cocteau Twins or something like that, only with decipherable lyrics. <laughs> I think they're. I think they're wonderful. See, I I think this song should probably was left in the basement of Emma's house, and it probably should have been left there. Whoa. I thought you said you liked this no, song. No, no, I, I don't care for the field mice. They didn't have a hook. There's no hook. I'm coming after you, Drew. <laughs> we're going into the 90s now, and we're starting off the 90s with one of John's picks from a band called Salt that I don't know, and my wife was a DJ, and she didn't know Salt, and I love this song. This should have been a hit. This is like, I listened to this song and went, how did I never hear this song? Where were you, DJs, in the 90s? <laughs> this is Bluster by Salt.
was blustered by salt. Uh, where did you say they were from, Sweden? I know very little. I believe they're Swedish. I think they put out maybe two or three albums. A friend put this on a mixtape for me around 1999, 2000, and I've always loved it. When I first heard the song, it didn't really do much for me. It sounded generic 90s alternative to me, but the more I listened to it, the more it grew on me. The magic to this song to me, and there's a, there's a theme here I'm recognizing in my own picks, is that I really love big choruses. Mm. And this one, that chord progression, you're right, it's a normal, everyday 90s grungy song until those chords do those things and the chorus kicks in and it takes it to this magical level to me that it burrows under your skin. Yeah. I, I love it. There's something about the songwriting and the playing here that takes it notch above a, a standard 90s song. That's a good song. So this is going to be the most out of sync pick of any of these decades, I think. My pick for the 90s is a very little known band from Raleigh, North Carolina called Dag. In the early 90s to mid 90s in Raleigh, and in a lot of other places, sort of Casey and the Sunshine Band style funk was making a comeback. Disco was making a comeback. There was a nightclub in Raleigh that was a disco club. That's all they played. So it was kind of a big thing. And there was this band called Dag that put out one or two albums. And this song was something you'd go into the nightclubs in Raleigh and hear. And it was huge. They'd put this song on and every girl in the place would flock to the dance floor. It actually was released as a single. I don't think it quite broke the top 40. I can't remember where it wound up. It never broke through to the national consciousness, but it did chart nationally for a little while and then faded. I think it's just a great funky dance song. It's called Lovely Jane by Dad.
And that was Lovely Jane by Dag from 1994. Okay, bring it on. It doesn't get much more 90s than that. <laughs> it sounds like a booty call between the Spin Doctors and G-Love and Special <laughs> So think about that song. They can really play their instruments. And this was just a local band. I mean, they were a mm-hmm. club band. They put out a really good album. If you like that song, you should look it up. The album is called Righteous from 1994. The band is Dag. I was kind of lukewarm on it myself. Yeah, but you don't have a soul. <laughs> I don't have a I soul. I like the song, okay. <laughs> or, or I don't have soul. Soul. <laughs> <laughs> that period of the 90s, that sound is not a sound I go back to very often. Yeah. My pick for the 90s is a band from Holyoke, Massachusetts, whom I saw many times live called The Size. They are actually now putting out their third album very soon. This is from their first album. The song is Think About Soul.
about Soul, the size. It's from their album called What Goes On from 1992. This album was produced by Ed Stasium, who produced many Ramones and Smithereens and Living Color albums. I didn't mind that. Yeah, so my take on the song was um, pretty good radio filler, 90s song. Nice melody. I just I can picture that being a solid 90s hit. It didn't, it didn't stand out for me as like it didn't hook me and get me to go, man, I love that song, but I can totally have that song on the background and, and, you know, bump my head to it. Agreed. Let's move on to the 21st century. And why don't we go to you, John, with your pick? Okay. I went with a guy named Rog Dickinson, who in the nineties fronted what I think is a really excellent band called the Catherine Wheel. Shoegazer, British alternative, their debut album, Ferment, is one of my favorite albums of all time. He put out a solo album that included this song here called Ocean 2005. It's a decent enough song to me until the chorus kicks in, which takes it up to that magical level. So here's Oceans by Rob Dickinson. As far as I can see, you and I, a valentine's for all we As far as I can see, you already bear the scars of love. These are the loaded words spoken in coded terms. Come 
by Rob Dickinson from 2005. I really like that song. It reminds me of something Paul Weller would put out. I like Paul Weller mm. quite a bit. Bit okay. of trivia, uh, Rob Dickinson is Bruce Dickinson's cousin, the lead singer of Iron Maiden. I tried to listen to that song a couple of times, and every time I, I'd get maybe halfway or so through it, and I would kind of drift off into this nightmare about Pink Floyd, and, and it, that would be it. It sounds to me like a you know a college band that discovered Pink Floyd about eight months ago and decided to, to do something that inspired by that and it just kind of drifted Ow. away. I hate Pink Floyd. Wow, <laughs> you guys are tough. He's a tough. I one. love that I'm, chorus. I'm the punk rock guy here. I I have to brutalize everything. That's the guy who picked Dag for his ninety. <laughs> Dag's awesome. <laughs> Drew, yep. Let's hear your punk rock pick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is not a punk rock pick. So my pick for the. 2000s and beyond is one of my top five, maybe top two artists of the 21st century, Tiff Merritt. If you don't know Tiff Merritt, by God, go look her up and buy all of her albums. She has one of the most beautiful melodic voices you will ever hear. She uses her voice as an instrument, kind of the way Amy Mann does. It just has this power over you when she sings. So Tiff Merritt started out labeled and marketed as a country musician in 2000 with Bramble Rose, which is one of my top all-time albums, top to bottom. It's fantastic. This is from See You on the Moon, which came out 10 years later in 2010. This song is called Mixtape. To me, it is soulful and beautiful and haunting, and it should have been a big single and a big hit. See what you think of it. How did you get so wise? I take the advice I find in your eyes. I've been waiting outside most of my life. Oh, like a rail beside I'm just making you mixtapes with homemade covers Analogue to show we're lovers And here under the jacket folds inside I've taped my heart for you to find To find the perfect way Which album to say I la 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 
That was Mixtape by Tift Merritt from her 2010 album, See You on the Moon. I love it. I like her. We've seen her together a couple times. I like what she does. That's one of my favorite songs from her. Yeah, me too. I didn't mind that song. I will say (laughs) that in general, oh boy, here it comes, right? I will say that in general, every folky with an acoustic guitar really blends together for me. I can't tell the difference between one and the other a lot of the time. I want a guitar solo. I want to be elevated. I want to feel something powerful. But I can appreciate the beauty of this song. I'm afraid if I went to see her in concert, I might take a nap. She can rock. She plays a pretty good guitar. This is a soulful song. Tiff Merritt falls into the category that I have created, a separate musical genre that doesn't exist, but I've created it for her and for the Accidentals, and for a few other bands that I think fall in this category. I call it folk, F-O-U-L-K, blend of folk and soul. And that's one of the reasons why I think she doesn't get the commercial success that she so richly deserves, because she can't be played on a regular country station. There are no folk stations, and she can't be played on a rock station. All right, we're coming up on our last song of the show, and this is my pick from the 21st century. The band is The Blakes. They're an indie band from Seattle, Washington. I love this whole album. In fact, I could have probably picked any number of songs from this self-titled album of theirs from 2007. But the one I picked, I thought was one of the more accessible and boppy and poppy ones. It's called Commit. Saying it ain't coming out right 
Commit by the Blakes. I love it. I love the Blakes. I thought that song was great. It should be hit. I liked it. I have to admit, it didn't stick in my mind. I don't remember it very well. I know I heard it and thought it was pleasant, and it sounds like other songs that I really like. If I spun it a few more times, it might sink in. I need to sit with it. You need to commit to it. There you go. (laughs) I like it because it's so bouncy. It's not bouncy in a bubblegum kind of way. Makes you want to move. I'll give it another try. We hope you enjoyed this very special episode of Suburban Underground slash The Hustle with John Lamoureux. I know I had a great time. John, we want to thank you very much for taking time out and doing this with us. And I got to say, thank you guys. It means a lot. I listen to your show every week. You and I, Steve, got to know each other through you communicating with me on my podcast. I love what you guys are doing further the cause of great underground music that doesn't get heard. Yeah, back at you. And that's sort of what I try to do is the way I tell it is I'm trying to talk about the emotional, psychological, and financial impact of brief rock stardom. And I want to know how people view their careers in hindsight, what kind of money they can live off of, and then I want to hear their best stories. And that's what I try to do. Yeah, it's a good podcast. If you are just curious about the music industry and how it works, John's podcast is really insightful. It's called The Hustle, and you get it on Podbean and and on iTunes, right? Yeah, and you can communicate with me on Facebook if you want, like our page, send me a message. In fact, if anyone has ideas of guests that they love that they haven't heard from for a while, tell me, and I will try and track those people down. You can be reached at thehustlepod at gmail.com or on Twitter at at thehustlepod. And for Suburban Underground, you can reach us on Facebook at Suburban Underground Radio and on Twitter at SUBedford1051. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, John. And until next week, so long, everybody. See ya.